From lifestyle, fitness, beauty, travel, relationships, and self-care, Steph's got you covered. Welcome to your safe space, where you can stop what you're doing, relax, and let someone else do the heavy lifting for once. This is the Luxury Dropout Podcast with your host, Stephanie Joplin. Stephanie Joplin. Welcome back to the Luxury Dropout Podcast. Today, I have a fellow Italiana with me. Her name is Sofia Medina, and she was actually born and raised in Houston, just like I was. And she is very proud of her Italian roots, and she is a vlogger. She did live in Rome for four years with her husband, Emilio, and she taught English as a bilingual expat living abroad. So I think that's pretty cool. She shared her life there, her experiences, and then she came back here and now she's vlogging stateside and just hit 100,000 followers on YouTube, which is super impressive. So we talk about everything under the sun. We talk about our roots in the Italian culture. We talk about the differences in culture between Italian and American culture. We talk about her experiences as a social media manager, as an English teacher in a foreign country, meeting her husband in Barcelona, and then eventually joining him in Rome. So get ready, grab a snack, because you're really going to enjoy this episode with me and Sofia Medina. Welcome back, fellow dropouts, to another episode of the Luxury Dropout Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, La Bella Sofia Medina. How are you, Sofia? I'm good, Stephanie. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited that our mutual friend, Sabino, connected us. Now, for those of you who don't know about growing up Italian, we've got to tell them about growing up Italian. Um, I'm sure you have seen it on the interwebs. At some point, you guys, like either Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, memes, anything. It's all about the funny you know, the basically like relatable things about the Italian culture and to us being Italians, it's super funny and relatable. So um, why don't you talk about a little bit how you met Sabino and then how he put us in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So I was just kind of, you know, my own little world, creating <laughs> my my own content on, I think he, he found me from TikTok yeah. and I repurposed some of that content onto Instagram. And then they started repurposing some of those videos onto their main feed and then he just sent dm one day and was like i'd love to have your podcast and then we were talking about me recently when i say recent like the last couple of years moving back to houston from italy yeah and he was like oh do you know anybody like any of anyone in the italian community in houston i'm like to be honest not really and he connected me with you yeah it's me (laughs) instagram buddies since yeah i know i actually need to get your your number i think that would be That would be good. We need to meet IRL. We need to meet I know, I know it's hard these days. I feel like my schedule is more busy than pre-pandemic, actually. Well, and I have a, a, one of my best friends just moved and bought a house in the woodlands, and I haven't oh. even seen her. And I'm just like, Houston is so big. I I barely venture out anymore. For I was going to say the woodlands might as well be Austin. I know it's, it's far. It's so far. Like I would rather walk on broken glass maybe than drive to the woodlands in traffic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, not not too dramatic. 
No, but I think working from home, I just really, it's kind of sad. I don't really leave the house anymore unless I, I have to, or, uh, you know, yeah. leaving the, the comfort of this area, I guess. Of course. So as you guys know, as in my, as per my introduction, um, so Sophia works in the digital space as I do, and we basically do the same thing. I mean, two sides of the same coin, pretty much because she's a social media manager and she's a content creator. So, uh, social media wise, social media management wise, what do you provide to your, is it one client, multiple clients? That's a great question. So I was doing freelance with an array of different clients, but moving back to the States, I, um, offered, wait, I didn't offer. I accepted a full-time yes. position doing social media manager, digital marketing for Sunday Riley, which is a skincare company. It's wonderful. Based, based in Houston. You'll have to tell me what your favorite products are. Oh, I will. Uh, so yeah. And then, so that's kind of really what I do full-time. And then in my off time, which is rare, but it, it, <laughs> you you always find room for those side hustles. I do a lot of YouTube videos and kind of connecting with the community I've fostered when I was living abroad. Right, right. Yeah, you have a, a huge blog. It's like a hundred thousand subscribers. It's amazing. Just hit a hundred k. It's crazy. Yes. But, oh my gosh! Are you gonna do something like a special episode for it? Yes, I, it's in the works. I'm going to do a, a little giveaway and just kind of a little thank you message. But oh. it's finding the time to to sit down and edit outside of the workday. I feel like you probably get when you're in front of a computer all day you just kind of have to shut it off at one at one point. If not, I would be up until like 1am constantly on my computer. And I think sometimes <laughs> I am, <laughs> you have to shut it off sometimes I think for, to avoid burnout. Yeah, that that's so true. And that, that's something that I am struggling with because developing this podcast, obviously my brain is not turning off right now. Like it's four in the morning and I'm like, Oh, let me write that down. Like, you know, my brain just doesn't want to sleep. So I'm going to have to start forcing myself to, I don't know, I put my phone in the other room. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Cause I'm just, even on scrolling on TikTok, I'm getting ideas for podcasts. I'm seeing new creators. I'm inviting them to come on the podcast. And I, I got, I got two, like, no, three from last night from scrolling on TikTok, three creators that I'm going to have on the podcast, just from like strolling through last night. So I feel like if I hadn't stayed up, then maybe I wouldn't have found them. Do you know what I mean? It's all about, I mean, when you have your own side hustle in the beginning, it's all about putting that time into then being able to develop it. So that way you don't have to do that, but yeah, that definitely makes sense. That's, that's your baby. And I feel like when it's (laughs) yours, you want to put more time and stay up late. I feel that way. Like after I finish my, my day job, I'm like, okay, now it's time to edit YouTube videos and but also having balance with being able to like be present has been a little difficult since COVID. So mm-hmm. we're working on it. Now, in my experience, being a social media manager isn't always completely sustainable to support you through everyday life. And of course, this is, you know, coming from 10 to 12 years of social media experience. And I'm finally getting to a point where I can safely work on my podcast that isn't bringing in anything right now. Um, it will, I hope and pray I, it will be manifested. Um, yes. <laughs> but you know, I'm finally at a space where I have two clients, um, that I, you know, I manage and 
do their digital content and everything. Um, did you find that it was difficult to sustain? I mean, were you in that space before previously? Have you ever been um, in that space where you're full-time social media manager? Not really. When I was living in Italy, it was these like odd side jobs okay. and my my own channels were really my main focus and my right. own my mainstream of income when I was living there but to be honest I was craving and missing that team camaraderie and more of that stability yeah so I completely did a 180 and and changed and and doing you know working that Monday through Sunday I mean Monday through Friday really nine to six and then mm-hmm. whatever you need to on the side as well but having that more like corporate style was so different but it's what I needed and uh yeah I mean social media is it's crazy because it it, especially when you work for like an in-house brand it's yeah you eat and breathe and sleep it and yeah it's more really I think at this point before when I was working with clients it was from from everything from strategy ideation to executing to physically posting and now I'm now in in my career where I'm more on the strategy side of things and I have a team to be able to help execute that. Ooh, so that's, that's, that's exciting. And I, and that's kind of where, what I love from the creative side of things. And then when it comes to my own pages, my own channels, I do it all. So right. you gotta having that balance. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm at a point where I'm conceptualizing everything and then executing it myself for but they're very small businesses like small Houston you know local businesses um but I can imagine you know a, a big company like Sunday Riley they would have the budget for probably more <laughs> so that would that's nice we have all the platforms and it, it is a it's a big company so it's yeah. a lot different versus managing you know you're there your pros and cons to everything it's a lot different than managing more grassroots or, or startup companies or businesses that are maybe a little bit more flexible and and you have more leeway there but yeah you know there's there's pros and cons to every side of course uh, so this is a kind of a leap from what you were doing in Italy as your main hustle there which was being an English teacher correct Yes, it was. Okay. And, you know, I did that because that's really the only thing I could do full time. Like yeah. when I moved there, I do have my double dual citizenship. But so even as a dual citizen, at least in Rome, I know it would have been maybe different if I we lived in Milan or somewhere farther north. But in Rome, in the digital marketing space at the time, it could have changed at the time. There was really no jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, I was like, well, what can I do that I know that I could get a job uh, and also give me time to do my side channels? And that was teaching yeah. English and tutoring English. So I worked for a private school and then I also tutored on the side and then started also taking on a client work for social and digital marketing, which was really where my passion lies. You're, you're wild because that's a lot of work. Um, it was a lot of work. Um, well, I know to get certified to teach, um, it was, it's a rigorous course, right? And you chose like the most intensive course. The CELTA. Yes. The CELTA. <laughs> I did. And I did that just because I, I honestly didn't have any other background, teaching okay. background. And I needed to kind of relearn everything, you know, to be, it's crazy, but the, the school, the way we're taught English here in the States is so different from how Italians learn it. Like, of course, yeah. We weren't taught, like, why do we add an auxiliary verb? We, we just do it. We're told to do it. 
we don't really dive into grammar once we learn the basic elementary. So I actually had to like be a student and relearn all of that to be able to explain it to my students. So it was definitely crazy. Honestly, that course I say was more difficult in college for me because I, (laughs) it was so intense and rigorous and the expectations were crazy and learning to teach in front of a an audience and a student students it was definitely outside of my comfort zone and it honestly wasn't my passion but it was what I needed to do right then and and there in that moment it's pretty daunting um and I I know that you said that you'd rather make a mistake in front of a kid than an adult but for me like if I make an oopsie in my you know grammar or pronunciation not pronunciation maybe a word that's I can't think of in front of a kid I'm more embarrassed than in front of an adult I don't know what it is I just yeah like it's so more they're so open and and more I think receptive to that and 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 you can make a joke out of it right and you can be (laughs) being silly and be like silly Sophie it depends on the age range if it's like a teenager you're kind of intimidating for sure yeah yeah whereas adults I think I don't know. They, they, I feel like they're more judgmental. I, I guess well, it depends on the age range. Yeah. I mean, you as a teacher, I guess they would be judgmental, but me as just a, a person who sounds the way I do when I speak Italian and then I make a mistake, they're confused because they're like, wait, like pause for a second. Are you Italian? You're not Italian, I guess. Like, right. Cause it's, it's almost like they're expecting me to just be fluent. And then they speak like super, super fast back to me. And unless you, like you talk about being immersed in mm-hmm. the culture, and unless you have that full immersion, like you lose a little bit of it. Oh, a hundred percent. I've already, <laughs> lost, already been back. I know. I know. Um, yeah. And, and I, for me too, like taking lessons in Italian, I feel now would be damaging to me because I feel I would think too much about it. So like I like I am with my French. Like I took French all through school and now I sit here and I'm like conjugating verbs in my head. But in Italian I don't do that. I just like go with whatever sounds right. Go with the flow and you kind of go with sometimes your gut instinct. Like I will always go with with something and then either immediately correct myself or I'll say something and then I be get lazy and not correct myself. And then my husband Emilio is like it's this. And I'm like, I know yeah. I just, yeah. just you didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. But now you're, you're correct, not correcting, but you're remembering words that he doesn't remember though. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. Especially when we went to Italy for the first time after coming back this summer, we, we arrived and it kind of all came back to me, but he kind of froze and, and spoke English to the Italians. <laughs> we were looking at him like, where are you from? And he's like, I am Italian. It's, it's, you know, doing this like by coast or I guess, Cross Atlantic, yeah, different yeah. cultures and languages, and also in a relationship, it's um, it kind of messes you up in terms of totally. Uh, and then you can you're like you you sometimes I'm thinking in a th- like in English, and I can only think of the word in Italian, and it's it's like why though it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Say, I I know it in Italian, but then the people I'm talking to are like I don't know Italian like um there's some things that just sound better in that language that yeah. you cannot translate um yeah it makes me think about that that TikTok video that's like pain chocolat and they like <laughs> rip her to shreds oh my gosh but I I felt like I was ripped to shreds in some of my TikTok content and it's like you know oh. live a little you know a lot of people it's it's all in great fun at the end of the day and like it, we said you're annoying <laughs> 
yeah. I, I know. Uh, I, I got just like a very basic comment. I could have took Never. a deep dive, but you know, at the end of the day, you have to laugh at yourself. And oh, if the majority yeah. of people are enjoying it, then that's all that matters. Oh yeah. I got a comment the other day that I posted something, you know, about I don't remember something. My, my, my post was about, I'm the next model for skims, like tongue in cheek. I'm not really. And someone commented, you are so not your, your body is so not sexy. You need to do cardio. Like, what is that in reference to sir? Like, are you okay? Well, who are you? And, and the thing is, is, and you know, and I say this all the time. And I think it's really hard to understand if you're not in that space, right? Yeah. In the public eye, I guess. Yeah. Is you can be so positive and, and have all the positive affirmations that you send out and that you tell yourself daily. But and even though you don't believe it, you read that and it just, it, it still affects yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, not to the point where maybe two years ago, I would have cried for sure. Um, but now it like, you get that little feeling in your gut. That's like, I don't like that. You know, right. I block um, them, yeah, like, I block them too. I block them too. I mean, I used to try to reply and be stupid about it, but now I'm just like block. And then most people will start attacking them like for me. Um, the thing. You have to let your true authentic followers back <laughs> up. And, but then I'm sometimes I'm like, I don't need this negativity in my life. Eh, yeah. Same. You I don't care. You. I mean, like, I'm not trying to be sexy for you or anybody, but let me go live my life. Okay. Yeah. And I think, and I'm sure you can agree, but for me being on a social platform and sharing my life and different things has really had me get more tough skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. as I was saying two years ago, I I would have been in tears and I would have been sobbing. And, you know, the other day, my, my brother-in-law was, he's, he's an attorney. So as you can imagine, he's always right, you know, and he's very, you know, straight to the point. No, he's Sicilian Mm -hmm. by background, you know, bullshitting around. And he was just like, Stephanie, you need to realize like this podcast thing, like you need to not put all your eggs in one basket and you might, you might not be successful at all. Like you probably won't be, you need to set the bar really low. And he's just like coming at me. And this is like, after I've looked after his newborn child and his three-year-old for 24 hours. And I'm just like dead trying to survive. And he's just like coming at me with all this bullshit. And I was just like, I'm going to need you to stop or pass me a knife so I can slit my wrist and just get off this planet. I can't even deal with you right now. Like, you know, and this is after I put like blood, sweat and tears, like, you know, recording and, and, and doing all the work and the writing. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Um, okay. And even, even though it's my brother in line and I know how he is, um, I think that two years ago, again, I would have left his house crying. I would have like left crying in tears and I can't do this anymore. He doesn't believe in me. And now I left pretty fucking annoyed. I I won't lie. I was, I was annoyed, but I didn't go cry. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that that shows you self growth too. And then at the end of the day, like sometimes like yes those people especially close to you their words I mean you you want to be validated by them as well but at the end of the day you need to do what you're passionate about and follow your gut and I always say if it doesn't work out at least I tried and I never wondered what if and I gave it my all and you just have to respond I respond to people like that all the time now like even my family I'm like you know what I'm going to do it doesn't work out at least I tried and you know what scares you you should do 
So in terms of your vlog, speaking of that, when you, when you see the thumbs down, right on your videos, which I, I was watching your videos and I was like, these are great thumbs up, thumbs up. And I, I saw some of the thumbs down and I'm like, why, why are you putting a thumbs down on this? I don't, so like, does it bother you now? Funny, in the beginning it did. I was like, yeah. oh they put a thumbs down. What, what didn't they like about it? Because I really put, and I like your podcast, I put so much time and effort into each yeah. individual. It takes so much time that when it, when I go live with something, I'm like so proud of it. And, and it does kind of hurt your, your pride a little bit, yeah. but in the beginning, I, it really affected me. And now I honestly don't even look at it. I had noticed that like there are, I don't know if it's the same person or the same people, but like within minutes, like with not even the full amount of the whole video to be watched, okay. there's a thumbs down. I'm like, either you subscribe to me to just thumbs down me. I don't know who you are, but at the end of the day, as long as the thumbs up matter, uh, number is more than, than the thumbs down. That's all I care about, but I don't really look at that anymore. I mean, to be fair, even if they're giving you a thumbs down, they're still interacting with your video and still yeah. boosting the algorithm in your favor. That's so what I say. Hey, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna comment hate, at least at least you're engaging with my content. Exactly. Exactly. So talking about your vlog, I mean, I love it. It's so great. And I love seeing how you really like just embody and love the Italian culture. It's so important to me. I grew up you know, I went to Italy every year since I was four years old. And I, that was until I was maybe 23, I want to say. And then after that, I went less, you know, because my grandparents got older and couldn't travel as much and people got jobs and married and all kinds of stuff. So I loved watching them because they gave me that nostalgia that I, I love. And, you know, like going with your nephew to get, you know, to, you know, have colazione together. And, um, I don't know, I just really related to that a lot. How, how do you set yourself up? Like say that you are, you know, in your early twenties, mid twenties, or even late twenties, early thirties, how do you set yourself up for success with a vlog? That's a loaded question. I know I started in 2017. Mm -hmm. So that was four years ago. Yep. But I, I didn't start. Okay. Well, let's back it up. I actually created my YouTube channel in college okay. in 2009. Okay. I hit all those videos because they're so <laughs> embarrassing and it was like really bad quality. And it was like, I want to be a beauty blogger, but yeah. my, my headspace in that time frame of my life was just not in a good headspace. And I shut it down and just focused on myself. Okay. So then 2017, I moved to Italy a year prior and I was, my husband traveled a lot and I was alone a lot and mm -hmm. I felt the need of a, of a creative outlet. For me, it was a diary and an outlet to share with my friends and family here in the States and to kind of just share what's going on. And I did a couple of like, you know, cultural differences and culture shock types of videos. And I realized, wow, people resonate with this. And yeah. I didn't realize other people were in a similar situation. And I, I think starting something like that, you have to go into it with authenticity and not just start a YouTube channel because you want to be famous or you want okay. to get, it's more like genuinely you have to be passionate about what you're putting out there and, and either telling a story or even if it's just follow my life to be genuine and authentic and not give a fuck what mm -hmm. other people think, which yeah. Taken me a while, but 
but it's I think you have to go in with it with with no expectations. I think a lot of people now, especially Gen Z and the younger generation, want to start a YouTube channel and be a YouTuber when they grow up or be famous on TikTok. And I think that that's that's great. And if you can strive to that, more power to you. But if you go in with that mentality and you and you don't get it, it's. I think that you have to genuinely want to be able to connect with a type of community and or whether it's an outlet, depending on what field you're in or what content right. you're co- coming out with. Right. I I found, I used to do the same thing. I had, well, my YouTube channel is still up and it's going to be revamped, obviously. But I had a beauty vlog as well. <laughs> We're so similar. It's really wild. Um, but I found it so, so difficult. Like the editing and the time it takes to film and the graphics and the, you know, all the technological stuff too. I just found, I was exhausted. So I commend you. I think it's amazing what you're doing. I, um, this podcast company that I've hired is going to go in and upload the videos for me and do, you know, put like type in the blurbs and that part for me was just so time consuming. Um, so I think that's amazing that you're, you're doing that and creating content for other people. And I think that is your message is like, what drives you is you're creating it not just for yourself, but really for, for others. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something I didn't know how to edit a video when I started. I, I, I'm very visual and I learned it all on YouTube. I like Googled how to edit a video in iMovie. And I started really with the basics and I started filming on my phone until I kind of got some type of, um, I don't know, when I, when I realized it was worth it to invest in a camera and when I realized it was worth it to invest in another editing software to learn. But I think you can really use get by with the bare minimum if the content's there. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, you have to be passionate about it and want to learn or be okay with hiring other people to do it. I've hired in the past video editors and I just didn't feel the same connection when I would put the video out. I felt disjointed from it. And I also, I'm kind of like the type A person where I know that I can do it better. (laughs) Same. And I have so many edits. And if I, the time that I'm telling you that I, I, you know, your edits, I could have just easily done it. I think I would love to put out more content if I had more time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I put out what, what I'm passionate about. And, yeah. and I'm, I feel like I'm a little all over the place. Like I do Italian and lifestyle and plant-based eating. And, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm passionate about. And that's yeah. what, that's me. But if you have 100K, that means something something is going right over there, like for sure. <laughs> I think I have like 300 something, but if this is like, you know, I mean, I haven't used it in a long time, but I hope to get to 100K. That yeah, would be- I mean, you have to manifest. And I think this, this podcast is such a great uplifting message that you've got going on. So Thank just you. put it, you know, consistency and just continue closing your eyes and envisioning it. Yeah. And I really feel like you embody what the luxury dropout is based on because you enjoy luxurious things like food and travel and staying in nice places and seeing beautiful things, but you are enriched from within, right? Culturally and with love and giving to others, like wellness, the plant-based diet that you eat, like all those things are enriching yourself from the inside out. And that is what the luxury dropout is, is all about. 
I love that. And I think we need to embrace that more and uplift each other more rather than like competing with each other or tearing each other down. I think I found a really, a couple, a good couple of really good girlfriends when I started this YouTube journey who were also in the YouTube space and finding people who get it in that community who want to uplift you and want to mentor you and you can share ideas rather than feeling competitive towards each other, which I never really had. I feel like women are so competitive and finding women who aren't and who want to uplift the other and watch each other succeed, I think has been life-changing for me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I know you have your dual citizenship. Did you get that before you moved to Italy or was it after? During. So I got everything together, all the documents, everything before moving. And then once moving, presenting it all, um, you know, a lot of people were like, well, why don't you just wait to get married? But I wasn't in a place to say, I don't want to get married just to get this document. I want to get it for myself through my family because you never know what could happen. I I knew before we were married and before we were even engaged. So I want it for myself because if we ever weren't married anymore, I would get that taken away from me. So, um, yeah, I think that, that also taught me like, just do it for you and, Mm and, and, and not rely on anyone else. And I started the process with getting all the documents together and getting my grandfather's original documents together. And then once I moved presenting it, I mean, that's a lot more simpler than it actually happened, but Yeah. So what happened with me is I too tried to get my dual citizenship. And apparently if I forgot which way it was, but my, my mom and my grandmother both got naturalized. And I think my grandmother got naturalized before my mom. And so I wasn't able to, because of that, it's like yeah. put a stop in it. I don't know why, but I was just like, it's fine, whatever. That's cool. But, yeah. um, I, it would have been nice. Cause I, you know, I would have obviously even loved to travel if it was safe of course you know pandemic wise but I would have loved to to travel over there a lot easily more easily um than it it probably is but I think they're pretty much open now right I mean it's pretty much okay it's still a a gray space on the whole green pass because you can only get the green pass if you were vaccinated in the EU or Italy Uh, and all the CDC cards since (laughs) in America, we were given a piece of paper. Right. It's hard. A lot of Italians don't know what that is. And yeah. it, it was a gray space. And I think it, it, it's up to the discretion of the business owner, whether okay. or not you just accept that. Okay. Yeah. I got mine laminated like a dork. So I can't find mine. <laughs> oh, perfect. Wonderful. So actually, this just reminded me. And after, <laughs> after this, I'm going to run around and tear apart the house and pay. I love that idea. I'm going to get mine laminated too. You should. You should. It's, like, it. it's like your social security card now, like where you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, where's my social security card? Yes. It's where's my CC. I don't even know if I took a picture of it. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I take a picture of it. Woman. What are you doing? I know. I know. <laughs> um, so did you grow up going to Italy often or? Okay. Yeah, I did my, so I'm actually, I'm not full Italian. My dad is Mexican. So I'm, I'm 50% Mexican and Latina and my mom's dad is from Rome. And so he never moved here to the States or anything like yeah. he his Italian passport. And he actually moved as a, as a young 
boy or like high school age to Venezuela after the war. My great grandfather was a doctor and got a lot of them moved, you know, to South America. And so he grew up half of his life in South America. My mom was born in New York because my grandfather went to school in New York uh, college and met my grandmother there. And then my mom grew up like half in New York, half in Venezuela. And so it's like all of this mixed. Wow. I, I like a mutt. I'm uh, also, I'm 50, 52. So I understand. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's, I mean, I feel, I really do feel pulled to both cultures, but the reason why I talk so much about the Italian side is just, I lived there my husband yeah. there, and it's something that, you know, I feel more I pulled more to the Italy side of things. And my grandfather had a, a house uh, in Tuscany outside of Arezzo. And so we would go there during the summers and, and spend uh, there. And the then best. He, I know. Folded and that went, you know, out the window. But ever yeah. since then, I have always had this pull to Italy. And I've always said, even as, as a little girl, like, I will live there one day. Yeah, same. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to retire there. I don't care. I'm leaving like goodbye. I, yes. we have, we have a home there too, um, in Florence actually. And, uh, we, I mean, we, like I said, we used to go all the time, but my parents are going in September to, well, mine are too. Oh wow. yeah. They're going to go check on the house. They're going to go see the cousins, you know, all of that stuff and make sure everything's in order. Cause they haven't been right in a while. So I'm like, can I go? They're like, no. I'm like, I'll be really quiet. And they're like, no. I'm like, I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll hide in your suitcase. Yeah. I was like, I'll be, you won't even know I'm there. And they're like, no. Oh no. Gosh, you know, I, I do miss it so much, but there is a reason why we moved back for now. Yeah. And Italy is an amazing place to vacation or live X months of the year. But yeah. I think the grass is always greener and you will yes. always have things that you, it, it is such a bureaucratical country that there's a lot of things that are um, very frustrating, but yeah. you have those things differently here in the States. It's right. like, ideally it would be like six months, six months. But. Right. And it's, I feel like there it's about more like simple pleasures. It It's, it's a fun afternoon to go for a walk, you know, and then have some like a cafe and gelato or whatever, and then just like have a late dinner and go home. Like that's like fun. Right. And here it's like, okay, fun is we got to go to brunch at this place. We got to go shopping at this place. Then we're going to go dinner at this exclusive place and have reservations. And like, it's just like more fast pace. Um, and it involves a lot more vehicles. (laughs) It's true. And I think also, I I mean, we really, Americans in general, like, I really do think that we, we live to work. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And I think, I mean, going back this summer to Italy, I was like, you know, maybe I could, it, the life is so much more simpler there. And like, yeah, you may have a really small apartment and there's no AC and you're frustrated with how some of the systems work here. You have a larger space, air conditioning. You do have to drive everywhere, but it's comfortable because you can pull up to a parking spot and not yeah. have to double park. But yeah, but are you really living yeah. here? Yeah. That's kind of been my, me and Emilio's question is are we really truly living here um I don't know if Houston will be our permanent forever home but it's good for now and it's a stone I like to say 
Good. Yeah. That's, I, I totally agree with you. Are you really savoring life? I, I always feel when I go to Italy, I feel my best. I feel like I glow. I, you know, it's not like I lose a lot of weight, but I like feel healthier. Like my digestion's better. My skin yeah. looks better. My hair's better. Like, I don't know what, what happens, what they put in the water over there, but it's you know, yeah, it's like your mental health too. Like just something about it. It's yes. it makes you feel good. Um, and in the ocean, like just being in the ocean there, oh, the best. It's so cleansing. It's I have a, yes. like I suffer from some eczema on my scalp, and here I'm constantly like putting these medicated shampoos. Yeah. When we went to Italy, we were in for them for some of our trip. We went to the beach and you know went to the mare every day, and then yeah. after the trip, I had no more problems, and I'm like. Ah! either I was vacation or it was, it was, it could have been every, everything all combined, but I think there, you have different stressors there, but yes, life. And I think the Italian mentality is more like, eh, you'll figure it out. Eh, you'll figure it out here. I feel like we have yes. to figure it out. And then you just posted about Ferragosto and I'm like, why don't we have that here? <laughs> I know. I know. Americans could never, they wouldn't be able to. Like, no. I remember I did, I dated this guy and he he could not fathom taking two weeks off from work to go to Italy. Like he, it was just not in his realm of understanding. And he was like, I, I could never leave work for that long. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I could go maybe for like three days. I'm like three, three days. You, so you want to stay there one day is what you're saying. No, I mean, like, you know, jobs are usually, you know, I say that they're temporary and your mental sanity and, seeing the world, I think is, yes, you need a job to be able to live and enjoy the yes. things that you want, but there has to be a balance because if you aren't enjoying or, or taking a time off that you are allotted yearly, what's the point? And I, I think that it just speaks to the fact that I don't think I could be with, you know, a fully, I'm not saying I can't be with an American man. I'm not saying that I'm saying I can't be with a man who has this narrow American mindset where it's only work mm -hmm. and being in Houston. Like I can't, I can't do that. And my most recent boyfriend literally is so American Italian. I mean, like really, really American Italian. And even he is like, uh, I'm, you know, I, I think like, I just want to be here. I want to be in Houston, my own space. I don't want to go over there. And I'm just like, Oh, like, I can't, I can't do that. I just need someone that's going to want to travel with me. Yeah. I mean, you have to share those interests, you know, and I think that yeah. if you don't have that, then yeah. you need that foundation for shared some type of passion of, of traveling or seeing the world. And I think you need to spend a couple of months in, in Italy to find your, you know, uomo italiano. I know. I think so too. Let's call my mom. Mom, guess what Sophia said? She said I should go over there. You should go with them. <laughs> right. I know. Well, you know, I've, I've, um, I wouldn't say had plenty. I would say I've had many experiences with Womini Italiani. Um, you know, I've had had those those experiences, but I was much younger and it was, you know, for the summer and it was like summer love. And I would have like my boyfriend for the summer, you know. Um, and that was that was interesting to me because I had to learn to make love in a different language. I had to learn to fight in a different language. And those are things that my nonna taught me. Like she didn't tell me how to say dick in Italian. Like who 
who teaches that? <laughs> she probably said it all the time. You just didn't correlate. <laughs> she would know. never. She would. Ne- she was so like Signorina Bisqui. She was like. But she would never say cazzo. No, she okay. literally not in her. I don't think in her life. Like in her life, she would. I don't even think she said pene like ever. Like I, I really don't. Um, she was very conservative in that way. <laughs> I love it. It's um, crazy having a relationship. And having to do all those things in a different language and yeah. it's, it's different. It really yeah. is. But you, you know, you get, you learn. And of course, of course you learn, but that's why the immersion really works. And of course, when we were fighting, I remember I had this one boyfriend and I would just like start speaking in English. Just when we were in a fight, I'm like, I can't fucking believe you. And I, uh, and he's like, non ti capisco. I don't understand you. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> You should understand me by my tone. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you need to learn English. Why am I the only one speaking? So it's, I don't know. I love it. And it's part of it, part of my history, but I do love Italian men. I just, you know, I've never, I haven't found like a one that sticks. You need to find the right one. One yeah. with mama anymore. One yes, that, you know, yes. maybe, but you know, uh, you know, has a pied de terre in, to, uh, in New York. And yeah. you know, you need someone who, who gets the, the cross cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to ask Emilio if he has any friends. You know, all his friends, at least his immediate friends are either married or in very long-term relationships. Yeah. Like we're the, I mean, cause I'm a lot younger than him and yeah. all of his friends. So we're kind of behind on that, but I'll ask. I know he has a few in New York. Maybe. <laughs> You're like, I'll ask. Um, um, but you guys met in Barcelona though, right? Yes. We met in Barcelona because at that time I was living and working in Boston for a travel company and mm-hmm. he was, he changed his life career and, and started working for this company as well. And we were on a work trip. For the same company and it was in Barcelona and we met in 2015 and we're just really fr- good friends honestly on the trip and then we kept talking after the trip every single day and then it kind of just turned into something and I said oh I'm going to be in Croatia in a couple months for for summer what if I changed my flight and went to Rome on the way home and it kind of just started and flourished from there. I'm so proud of you for just like grabbing life by the balls and doing what you wanted to do. That's amazing. My 20s was a lot of that. I feel like now I'm a little more reserved, but I think I have to get out of the mindset on life's not over at 30. No, definitely not. Just beginning. If that were the case, I'd be picking out my coffin. Okay. I'd be like... Can I get something in plexiglass? Beginning, you know, so I think it's hard because like a lot of, and maybe you can relate because did you grow up in Houston? I did. Yeah. Born and raised. I feel like a lot, I did too. And I feel like a lot of people who I grew up with are very, yeah, they've traveled and, but they're very like following a timeline and, you know, getting married right out of college and things. I feel like I've always kind of been the odd of the black sheep. Yes. And, and not but it's okay to not follow that timeline. You know, like, like the Instagram I posted the other day of like the conversations after 30 with your family. And you're mm-hmm. like, I, if I have to hear when are you having kids one more time, I want to scream. Yes. Like I want kids, but I'm also planning out my life and like career path to be able to give that child a good life, you know? Of course. So absolutely. It's, yeah. It's different. We're all on different paths. I agree. My, I went to an all girls private school um, Catholic school and all. So I actually got engaged at 19 in Italy, 
with this guy that I went to UNLV with and we ended up splitting a year after we got married, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think I did everything the opposite. Like I got married and divorced super quick. And then either the, the girls from my grade are either all married with like 13 million kids. Like, I mean, maybe between, between two and, and six kids, honestly, all of them, or they are married with kids and now getting divorced and now, or, or just married and getting divorced now. So I kind of went through the divorce super long ago. It's been 10 years since I've been divorced, if you can believe that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been a long time. And I just, people ask me for advice about divorce and I'm like, I don't, I can give you my personal advice that it happened to me, but we had no assets. We'd only been married a year. I was in my really early twenties, you know, I don't really have much advice. To yeah. give you, um, sure, you grew so much from that, and now yeah. it makes you even so much more pickier, yeah. rightfully so, to what you know you want out of life. So, yeah, definitely. And I'm glad I didn't, I, I'm glad I had, like, you, like I said, the before the balls to leave because it would have been really easy for me to just stay and just be like, this is comfortable. He can pay for my lifestyle. I don't have to work. I don't have to really do anything. He's just the the guy that I've been with. So I'll just stay with him. And I wasn't happy. And I didn't, I just woke up and I said, I don't want to wake up when I'm 60 or 70 and still be unhappy. Mm -hmm. And so I like, sometimes I miss him and I still love him. You know, of course I always will. Um, and I speak to his family. He, he doesn't speak to them, but I do, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I wish him the best. Yeah. And I think it's almost a blessing in the skies that that happened so, so early on and you yeah. do that in a different point of your life. Yeah. You already had kids and you already, which makes it different and more difficult to leave. I, I have a friend that got divorced a couple of years ago and, and, you know, when you see someone like that, get, go through something like that, you know, as a friend, like what, what they're worth and what they deserve. And so it's, um, I always say, at least, at least it's over with and you move on. Yeah. Yesterday I actually had my friend Brenda on the show and she is a family law attorney. And so she was telling me the ins and outs of co-parenting and divorce and the craziness. And she said that she had her, her worst case was one that was supposed to be like open and shut. And apparently the mom, um, it was like a Munchausen by proxy situation. Like that actually, I was like, wow, like that's not just like law and order and Hulu. It's like for real stuff that's happening in this world. So I know, I know. I'm just glad I didn't have, I guess I I didn't have kids and have assets. I had nothing. Like we just, I filed the paperwork and three months later I was divorced. Now, of course, the Catholic church is a different story. I think I still have to get it annulled mm-hmm. in the church, which I haven't done. Um, so if there's any, if there's any priests listening, please hit me up. Um, slide in my DMs. <laughs> it's true Italian style, you know, the money. Right. Oh my God. I'm dead. That's so true. Oh my God. I th- I was like, eh, if I get engaged, I'll do <laughs> Yeah. What's the rush? I feel like, I mean, I still haven't changed my last name and to be honest, I don't know if I will, because it's not a, it's not a, it's not a tradition in Italy. No, it's not. And I mean, I grew up with my mom having a different last name than my stepdad and then me. And so we all had different last names and it didn't really 
change our lifestyle. So I think I don't need to change my last name. I think people are like do it for the kids eventually, but I was raised with all of us having different last names and it was annoying at times, but do I really want to go through the hassle to just what? I mean, yeah, I don't really get the, I know it's a, it's a tradition and it's, I think. Well, does that. it bother Emilio? No. Then who cares? No. And he said like in Italy, if we had the same last name, people would think we're sister, sister and brother. Yeah, sister, brother. Yeah. So, uh, there's no rush. Yeah, no, I, I totally know what you mean. Um, it's even on Facebook, like my uncle and my aunt, you know, are married and have different last names on Facebook and people don't understand, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, this is my uncle, my aunt, and they all have the same last name. I'm like, just don't worry about it. Just yeah. don't, it's okay. I can't explain. There's not enough time to explain things. It's okay. <laughs> smile and nod, just smile and nod. I know, I know. Um, okay, so I have talked to you about this one more one more thing that you're yes. talking about these subtitles on <laughs> Italian TV. And okay, I was <laughs> you were watching you're watching an episode of Friends. Oh. Now, do you think that it's literally the same? man and woman for literally everything on television because I do <laughs> I feel like it it has to be the same one for certain that, that continues to get hired for the same type of shows because I can't even once I've introduced Emilio also to non-dubbed things yeah he was like okay I'll give you an example and this is it cracks me up so I was watching Sex and the City in English yeah. runs, of course. And Emilio was like, that's Carrie's voice. I know. <laughs> and then he was like, in Italian, she literally sounds like the sex goddess. And I'm like, what? And I, I heard it. And it was like, it's so different. And I'm like, that doesn't depict. Like, it, I think that you can't envision and embody the full character with dubbed. I think... Italy's so behind in that. I know France doesn't dub those things. And yeah, that it's outdated. Like you can't Strega, get it. Strega is witch, by the way. Um, oh, no, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forget that. I do too. Nothing. It's no, because we're talking like we're in the room together and friends. So like we're, we're forgetting to translate, but I'm like, yeah, her husband thinks that Carrie sounds like a witch. <laughs> well, I. And I told him, I was like, well, she didn't play a witch in Hocus Pocus. She sure did. Um, she sure did. But, no, but her voice isn't the most soothing. It's not. It's You're not. Real. Her character yeah. really triggers me. But oh my God. I just was going to say that. She yeah. triggers the fuck out of me. The only one that doesn't trigger me is Samantha, honestly. Oh, Samantha makes it. It's what I'm actually <sighs> sad that she's not a part of the reboot. Yeah. I know, same. But I understand. I, I I get why she's not. But man, sucks. But Miranda triggers me. Charlotte triggers me. Carrie triggers me. I'm just like I can't. I know, I know. But yeah, I think I don't know if it's the same person every time. But it's pretty uh, ridiculous. It's like overly fake and overly emphasizing things. Yes. That yeah. But they always have the same intonation. I just can't get over it. I'm like, can you at least? like not have the same voice twice in a show I just I for two characters I don't it was I was cracking up because I always think that except for okay the only one that I would say if there's like a 
like a cops type of show or like a documentary type of show, then that narrator is different. Like he has a more very serious voice. So there's that, there's that. But if there's like a, some what is it? Like a sitcom type? It's always the same. It yeah. is. It's all cheesy type of internet. Yeah. Like so that's cheesy. not real, but that's all Italians know unless they've seen it in the, you know, in the native language. So what do you have to say about, America's so obsessed with sex. And as you know, I did this, like, I don't know if you saw this, but I did this survey about masturbation on my stories and the men flipped the fuck out and they were like, oh my God, like, are you, I can't believe you're asking this question. Like, are people actually responding? I'm like, okay, masturbation and sex are completely normal things. You probably jack off like 16 times a day, like yeah. watching you know, some, whatever you watch. Yeah, and yeah. So, but then it's like in Italy, you're just hanging out and there's like a pair of titties on the TV for a Pantene commercial and it's fine. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, why are we so obsessed with sex, but we can't, we can't chill about it in, in the U S why is that? I think it's yeah. It's weird. Like we definitely are, I think a prude nation for the most part. And to be honest, I think it's what we grew up watch, like seeing on TV, because when I lived in Italy and I would watch the local TV, some of the commercials, I was like, how is this allowed legally? In the US, this would be like completely banned. Even like their game shows, they have Madre de Natura or like Leveline that come out and just like, yes, pasties. but that's normal to them. And I think if you're a kid and you grew up seeing that, you don't put that on a pedestal or like sexualize everything because that is normalcy. And I even feel that being around our younger nieces, nephew, it's more like open conversation and like being comfortable like with your body. And, and, and I think in the States, we, we bottle that. And I think it stems from what we see propaganda and what, what we see in a public eye on yeah. TV and movies, what was rated R, what's bleeped out. Like I remember growing up in, in PG 13, like couples making out, my mom would cover my eyes and, <laughs> and that's not a thing in Italy. And I, I, I really think it stems from that. And, and it, it, it's pent up and it builds up. I think a way that I can kind of compare it is drinking underage drinking and Oh yeah. Depressed because we're not legal to do it yet. And so we're going to do it to an excess amount. Whereas in Italy, it's very open, you know, even when you're 13, you don't have a glass of wine and yeah. it's open. And I think that's at least from my experience from growing up and seeing also how Italian kids grow up, they grew up a lot faster. And I yeah. think it stems from that and being open and ah, it's just a human body. And Oh, why are, are we okay showing it, us in a bathing suit, which is less, but is more revealing than being in a bra and underwear. Don't violate those TikTok guidelines. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, a man without a shirt can yeah. not be violated. It's so, I just think that there's so many double standards here in the States, whereas in Italy, it's more like accepting and embracing like your body and, and life and, and yeah. nature and, and those urges and normalizing that. You're totally right. And 
that that triggers a memory for me, which was like going to the discoteca, ballare, like to like four or five in the morning and then going to get some, you know, some sort of pastry or pizza or whatever it is. And of course, like I was supervised. There was always like an adult that came with me and my girlfriend or whatever it was. But we would have, you know, gin lemon, we would have vodka tonic, we would have whatever. And there was nobody was like wasted ever. I don't remember seeing anybody barfing, you know, slurring, falling over themselves. I don't remember ever hearing, thank God, drinking and driving. I don't remember hearing about any of that. Mm-hmm. And here in the States, you know, I remember like when I got to 16, 17, way after that, it was like I had two friends die from drinking and driving. People were fucked up all the time. Um, There was no going out to dance. It was like, I only want to hang out and get fucked up. And that was it. And I was like, this is- In my parents' basement because they're out of town. Yes. I never related with that. And I always felt a little more like- I don't want to sound like a snob, but I always felt more mature, like more mature compared to my friends because I did have those European experiences. And I was like, almost like, what are you, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, yeah you, I partook, but of course I felt, you know, like I was just like, I'm just doing this to get drunk. And for what? Mm-hmm. Whereas in Italy, you're so right. It's like, it's just a different mentality. And, and it yeah. still is like, but that. I think you hit the nail on the head though. You like right on the nose. I think you're right. It's like so forbidden here and that's why I want to open up the floor to talk about it I'm trying to get I don't know if you know of any or follow any but I'm trying to get like a sex expert to come and talk because I want to get people used to talking about sex because I'm just tired of all this like oh my god she masturbates yes like what are do don't you I'm pretty sure you do I think also I mean you know it also depends on how like your parents right I I know personally my mom will probably kill me if she she probably won't watch this whole thing just because she gets really uncomfortable and like when this thing's but I never had the birds and bees conversation with her I learned everything through summer camp and she gets very she like if we're watching a movie I mean I'm 31 years old now I'm an adult like I have a husband she you know but if we're watching a movie where there's a lot of heavy sex scenes she gets all uncomfortable and yeah and it's like, then it makes me uncomfortable. And then it makes me, you know, whereas my dad is a lot, I think more open to those things. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's, it's hard. I think it, it depends on also how your parents are open with those conversations as well. For sure. My mom used to be like your mom, but now she, I mean, the jig is up. Like I've been married. I'm in my mid thirties. I've had sex happened um so she I think now she's come to grips with it especially with this podcast because you know my well first of all my best friend was in the porn industry like she was a like and you know she did sex work and and my mom knows that and is accepting of her and treats her like a third daughter so I think after I got I made friends with my friend and then with working in social media and the podcast she kind of gotten more desensitized to it I think sometimes she still is like cringes silently on the inside but I think even if she listened to this she she'd probably be like slightly cringing as like I said but she'd be okay with it in the end hopefully (laughs) times change you know it's a different generation and times are evolving and changing and I think we're 
becoming like anything millennials and below, I think we're becoming more open to talking about those things. Yeah. Embracing them and, and normalizing them versus like our parents and grandparents generation. It was like taboo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My, my mom said that my nonna would not talk about sex with her like ever. So she, she couldn't really figure out, you know, when she got her period, nonna just like tossed her what the equivalent of a pad was at the time. I don't know. Um, and she was just like, how do I do this? I don't know what to do. Like, and she just had no talk with her about it. Even that even reproductive, nothing. And so, um, she made it her mission not to do that with me and my sister. So we did have a talk and we got to like openly ask her, um, things, which is great. But, you know, I think that there is, there's still that respect factor with European or for, I would say foreign families of any kind. There's like a different respect mm-hmm. and different openness too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So one more question for you, which is a question I ask everyone who comes on the show. If you were to be walking down the street and you saw 20 year old Sophia walking towards you and you went and gave her a hug and you just pulled away from her and you just had to say one thing to her to 20 year old Sophia, what would that one thing be? oh man 20 year old Sophie that's when I was in the height of a very toxic relationship and I Mm. thought that I was going to marry this man and fix him and he just didn't I would tell her he's not worth it you will find you will you will find someone who will treat you the way you realize you will have been deserved to be treated yeah and to accept all opportunities, no matter how much they scare you, because it will all work out at the end. Now, let me to ask you this, would 20 year old Sophia have listened to you and your warning about your ex? Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Because everyone around me disliked him and I <laughs> should have also used that as a red flag too, but I was very enamored oddly. But That's now that odd. I, That's well, it was odd. odd because now that I look back, I'm like, what were you thinking? Like, it, yeah, it, now, now that you had some life experience, but at the time I feel like 20, if you're 20 years old and you have a serious boyfriend, like your whole life is that boyfriend. Like yeah. your identity revolves around that. Unless you're a very learned 20 year old, your whole life is revolving around that man. Oh yes. And every, yes. So I would have listened to my future self. <laughs> Good. I've always kind of been tuned like spiritually and really uh, those, that type of thing. So I think I would have, if I saw my future self, I would have been like, okay, lead me, lead, lead the way. I've <laughs> been and changed in the last 11 years. So yeah. Well, Sophia, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so amazing to have you. How can my audience support you? I, we're going to post all of your links, of course, um, with the podcast, but how can we support you? Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me. I feel honored that you reached out uh-huh. to me. It's such a fun chat. I felt like it was just a conversation between two girlfriends yeah. and <laughs> I have different platforms, different content types. So Instagram, I have YouTube, which is a lot of Italian, but also now lifestyle daily vlogs. 
And my TikTok is just, it's a hot mess. It's like following trends and being yeah. goofy and Mine's a mess. not really giving a shit. So, I mean, feel free to check any of those out. And if any of those resonate with you, then I would love a follow and, <laughs> tell, and tell me that this podcast or Stephanie brought you, brought you my way. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I feel like if you like me, then you'll like you. Like I just... <laughs> Feel like we're just synonymous when he, with yes. each other. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Of and course. Thank you so much. So I can yes. um, share on my socials. Yes, it won't be out for a little while because I'm stockpiling. Cool. Well, can you post it? And will. We'll chat later. Yes. Okay. Thank you, babe. Okay. I love you. Thanks so much. Okay, ciao. Ciao. Well, that's it for today's episode. I am so glad you were here to join us, me and Sophia. Please, if please, if you are on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you get first chance to see the episodes as they come out. If you're listening on a streaming platform, make sure to give me five stars. And I just love the fact that you're listening in. Um, I would love to hear where you're listening in from. So please let me know. Slide into my DMs on Instagram. Um, comment here. Just any, anywhere, really. I just, I would love to know. I hope you loved talking and learning about Italian culture just as much as I do and hearing some of my anecdotes from living in Italy and, you know, talking about how culturally different it is uh, between America and here. Of course, there are going to be, you know, positive and negatives to living in either country or any country, but I truly have a strong connection with Italy. And one day I would like to live there, at least have a home there. And that is something I will be manifesting from now on. So until next time, I'm sending you love. Stay well, and I'll see you soon. Mwah. That's a wrap for this episode of The Luxury Dropout. Make sure to visit stephaniejoplin.com to find all of Steph's episodes, including full podcast descriptions and photos of her guests. Until next time, besties.